If you will, open up your Bible, turn to Revelation 22. This is where we're going we're gonna to start. Revelation 22. We are going to start a new series today called Will Power. And uh, one of the most powerful things that is out there. Somebody said, well, God's powerful. Yeah, God is powerful, but he's not more powerful than your will. Amen. And God's so powerful, but he, he's not more powerful than an angel's will. So what do you mean by that? Well, uh, you have the right to choose. And we, we see angels have a right to choose and exercise their will. And one of the main ones uh, chose one day uh, after he started entertaining wrong thoughts, started thinking down the wrong path, and he yielded his will the wrong way and uh, became absent of divine power and light and ability and was cast out of heaven. Now God is stronger than all, mightier than all, but one thing he does not do is override the will. And what's interesting is, is God has a will that actually can be influenced. We'll look at all this. And you know who else has a will? You do. I do. Everybody has a will. And so in Revelation uh, 22, and we're going to read here in verse 17, it says, And the Spirit, 22, 17, And the Spirit and the Bride say, Come. And let him who hears say, Come. So in other words, you could say it like this. The Spirit of God is calling out for people to come. The bride or the body of Christ is calling out for people to come. And he said, whoever hears this call should repeat the call. So even lost people should be telling people, you know, when they hear something good is happening over there. Uh, you know, God is moving over there. Anybody who hears the words come should repeat the words come. Tell people, come. And then it goes on to say, and let him who thirsts or is hungry come. And whoever desires, let him take of the water, or it, literally other translations say, whoever wills, let him take of the water of life freely. Isn't it interesting uh, in this verse, and we're going to look at one, uh, kind of an introduction to the will today, how that even though God calls, people call, uh, people desire, there's still a choice to be made in life. And choice is driven by what we will do or not do. So the will is super powerful, and God put it in each person. Every person has a will. And the will, though we call it, and people say, well, I have a free will, even though it's, we're free will agents created, our will and the Choices that are made because of our will are not without consequences on the positive or the negative. And so we recognize, and those of us who are here who have come to know the Lord, we recognize even though God made deal with us and we gave our life to Him, uh, there has been a great reward. 
from that choice. And the, the, the reward of that choice is not done yet. Meaning, it's an eternal choice, but it's an, a real exercise of the will. And so you could say this, by our will, we are saved, or by our will, or someone's will, they are not saved. So our will determines our eternity. That is wild. Just you being a person that has a will, and it's a part of your makeup, it's part of not your physical, and it's not part of your spiritual, but it's part of your emotional, your soul part of you, is where your will is. And, and it's super interesting that even though God wills and wants everybody or desires everybody to be saved, and what's interesting, he's done something already about it for everybody. Look at this verse in 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, and we'll see here how though even though God has done something uh, concerning uh, where everybody could spend eternity, how their life could be in this earth, even though he has covered it for everybody, the will is the determining factor. How I make a choice. How somebody makes a choice. 2 Corinthians 5.14, it says, For the love of Christ compels us, or drives us to make choices, to share, because we judge this, that if one died for all, then all were dead. Isn't that interesting? If one died for all, then that means everybody needs this. Then all were dead. All everywhere in the world, people are dead. Spiritually, not physically. And there is no remedy to get eternal life through works. It actually comes down to a couple of components and a human's will. Are you with me? And so though God has done something by His great love to be able that whosoever would like could be saved, it still comes down to the human. Are you with me? Even though uh, there are influences on those people, or should be, or can be, and we're going to look at those, it really comes down to the human. You with me? And the will of man. Destiny is tied to our will. Our individual destinies in God are determined by our will and how we will to choose. Now, obviously, God has a design for individuals, but will is a huge thing. And once we look at how the will operates, you're going to go, oh, wow, all the decisions of my life have come down to this. So even though God has something for everybody, and it's already provided, it takes human cooperation. Look at this in Romans 
the 10th chapter. And it's so interesting when you talk about the will and willpower. And like I said, this is an introduction today. And we'll go into great detail about the will, how it works, what to do to make it stronger, what makes it weaker. And uh, we'll look at this. I'm sorry? Good. Yes. Good, good. I thought maybe I missed something. Sorry. Like a wrong verse. Romans uh, 10, 13 uh, says this, For whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Isn't that interesting that we read a verse that it covers everybody, and so God already did something for everybody, but then it takes an act of an individual and their will to then call upon the name of the Lord. That's huge. That's an exercise of the will. Uh, and, And it has to be a choice A a real one, a heart choice, a core decision of the will. So you can see right here, it's man who determines his own destiny. Does God have a design? Yes. Does God have a design where he wants people to be? Totally. But it comes down to not just where does God want you to be, Where do you want to be? And not just where do you want to be, what are you willing to choose? What are you willing to choose? What will you do? Will you exercise your will? And so will is what drives the choice we make. Are you with me? That is a huge, huge thing. And when everybody stands before the Lord... I guarantee this, everybody will recognize the actions that they carried out were a definite exercise of their will. We'll all stand there and we won't be able to say, yeah, but Lord, oh, wait a minute. Because we'll all know this was a true exercise of the will. We'll see the internal workings or the world will see the internal workings. And when we start reading this, you're going to go, oh my, I'm exercising my will often in choice. And so that being said, what is obvious is what I'm about to say is that the will can be influenced. The will can be influenced. But then right on the other hand, the will is so powerful that you can override any influence. Are you with me? Whether it's a demonic influence, whether it's God's influence, or a human influence, the power of the will is so strong, you can override any of those. Are you with me? Jesus said it like this one time. A, A guy had died and had gone to hell, or actually the Bible says this, there's a story in there, and a guy said, he was stuck in hell, and he said, send people to my brothers, that they don't come to this place where I'm at. And he said, no, if somebody would come from the dead, have some profound experience, that doesn't mean, it said, he said, that they would believe. They must choose 
to believe the word of God or the law and the prophets, what is written. They have to choose. He said, even if they have a profound experience, it's still up to them. And that can make people become sober and go, then I need to be more controlled about my will, what I choose. Because if I'm responsible for it, then I need to pay attention. And here's the thing. Your will can be and is influenced. And we need to recognize that when people come to know the Lord, uh, there is a divine influence. And what is the purpose of this influence? Why does God deal with people? Why does he deal with you? But we're talking about the initial use of the will in somebody giving their life to the Lord. Look at this familiar verse, uh, maybe to you, in John 16. And what's so interesting, there's a scripture in the Bible that says this, to the brethren and the sistren and the children. Listen, he said, in 1 Corinthians 14, he said, I don't want you to be ignorant concerning spiritual things or the moving of the Spirit. I wonder if it breaks God's heart and makes Him hurt that the church is often ignorant of things. He said, I don't want you to be ignorant of that. Because ignorance can cause issues. And I bet it hurts him when he sees his church ignorant of the things he would say, don't be ignorant of this. And if he said don't, then that means not, there's knowledge. And there he was talking about how the Spirit of God works and operates he said, I don't want you to be ignorant in these matters. Well, why? Because of the benefit, the blessing, and so many other things. This is one little area of how the Spirit works. And we should not be ignorant of this. Because if we're ignorant, uh, we may approach, and often we would, approach something wrong if we're ignorant. Are you with me? John 16 Verse 8 says this, And when He has come, talking about the Holy Spirit, who we should not be ignorant of Him and how He works, He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness. In other words, they missed the mark. They've sinned. They're not in right standing. And of the judgment to come. They're, they're in trouble. They need help. Why would He do this? Why would He send the Holy Spirit to convict people? Why would He do such a thing? Because a human will has to be exercised. A choice must be made. And it's interesting that He says, you share the gospel my spirit will convict. What is the purpose? Why does God convict somebody? 
Why would he deal with somebody beyond their mind? Beyond their emotions? Why would he do this? Because a human must yield their will and choose the Lord. That's why I said the will is a fascinating thing because it can be influenced. Make no mistake when we share the gospel, when we invite people, there is a true spiritual battle uh, taking place. For their soul and the deciding factor of their soul is what will they do with their will? What will they choose? And so the Holy Spirit will convict and we are not to be ignorant of spiritual matters. But do you know the Bible talks about not being ignorant of Satan's devices too? And we need to recognize that it's just not natural thoughts all the time that are pushing people in this spiritual battle to say, I'm too busy, I've got this, I just don't know. And there are so many people who have been influenced to tell people, oh, that church thing, that Jesus thing, you know, it's just stupid. And those thoughts will come back to people because there's a spiritual battle. And the enemy will see to it to remind people in the struggle for their soul. Why? Because of the way the will works. The way the will works. How many people finally deemed something good enough, you know, I'm not going to do that, I'm not going to do that, I'm not going to do that. And somebody then lays out good reasons. No, but it's this, and it's this. You know, no, I don't like that actor. I'm not going to that movie. His movies or her movies are stupid. And then somebody's like, I used to think that too. But somebody told me that it was like this, and then they go through a list of reasons why you should go and why it's different. What are they doing? They're trying to get you to yield your will to make a different choice. Because the will can be influenced on a small matter like that, but on a big matter like destiny and eternal life, there's higher stakes than however much a movie costs. And boy, I wasted that money. I shouldn't have listened. You know what happens then after somebody you know, talks you into it and then you go to the movie and you watch that and you still come away with the same answer as before. I don't like that actor. Even if that actor comes out with a real good movie and people start coming to you, you gotta go see this one. I've heard this before. You recognize how the will works. I've heard it before. I've seen it before. I've been there before. And all these thoughts get in there and they become a case for approval or disapproval, for acceptance or rejection. Will I choose to do it or not? But we need to recognize that the Holy Spirit will definitely help us and work with us in reaching the lost. Are you with me? And He can move in ways that are beyond the mind. 
Are you with me? Side thought, we are told that Satan does blind the minds. He influences the mind. Do we just throw the gospel out then? Do we just invite people? I think we, we become persistent with wisdom. You find maybe... The I'd go there, but it's deep fried. Oh, well, they have non-deep fried at that church. I used to go, and I know it all. You'd be surprised what you could learn there. But you recognize that when the Lord does come back, all those objections are things that will have influenced a choice. But we need to not be ignorant of Satan's work, but we for sure need to not be ignorant of the power of the Spirit of God to deal with people uh, when they're in bed, when nobody's looking. Are you with me? And we need to do this. We need to cooperate with God instead of saying, nobody will listen, nobody wants. We, we should declare, we trust that God's big enough and He is dealing with lots of people right now. Jesus said the harvest truly is plenteous. And He said the laborers are few. And then He prayed God would influence the laborers. But do you know, He will not just influence the laborers, He will influence who they go to. Look at this verse in, in Acts 24. Uh, Acts 24. Here a guy is witnessing to some people and you can see this struggle of the will. And it's interesting, he mentions the same things that are mentioned in the book of Acts. I'm sorry, in the book of John about how the Spirit would convict people. The Spirit's conviction is beyond the mind. Are you with me? The Spirit's dealings are beyond the mind. They're beyond the soulish part of man. They actually reach into the Spirit. That's why spiritual things can be such a reality. That it's not physical, and it's not mental or emotional, and even though it's a choice of the will, you're choosing based on a spiritual dealing. You're not, they're choosing not, they're moving away from mental thoughts that are coming, and they're taking their will and choosing. That's why I said the will is so powerful. Because you or they have a right to choose. And the choosing is the exercise of the will. Acts 24, uh, verse 24 and 25. And after some days when Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, who was Jewish, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. Now, Paul's in prison, and uh, he's got, he's got uh, a far-off following. 
There's people that recognize this guy is making inroads. The power of God works through him. Uh, People are influenced because he's out telling people about the Lord. Well, he gets thrown in prison. And so people start, you know, who are in authority kind of go in there to check out this guy. We get our own audience with him. So that's what happened. Well, we're a people in authority. He's under our custody. You know, this is kind of like a secret way. In other words, you know, if I'm some big famous person, I better not go to that church or to that big evangelistic meeting because what will other people think? You know, the king or some ruler is going to roll out in his chariot with his wife and just go to this big meeting? I'm not going to do that. But I got this guy in prison. I'm going to call for him, and I'm going to make him tell me. I'm going to have my own meeting right here. Sounds like a plan. Don't have to do this in front of everybody. You you, you know, you'll recognize in the Bible there are other people that responded to the gospel that way too who would come to Jesus secretively at first. And notice this. It says, so he called him to hear him concerning the faith of Jesus. Now... Verse 25, as he reasoned about faith or righteousness or right standing, self-control and the judgment to come. Isn't that what he mentioned? The Holy Spirit would start convicting. See, he recognized when I'm wanting to win somebody and I'm wanting to reach somebody, I've got to not just rely on my own ability and my own strength, but I must rely on the Holy Spirit. And I know what he will work with. You know, the Holy Spirit will work with certain words and certain things. And you know, there are some things He will not work with. He, he won't. Amen? How many of you have ever uh, chose to do something not right on, and on the inside you're like, I shouldn't do this, I shouldn't do this, but you chose. Because thoughts came to your head. This is how the will works. It said, it's okay. You can just do it this time. It's no big deal. You could, you could choose to do that later, but then you exercise your will and you go down that path and you start doing it. But inside, you've known, uh, don't do that. But recognize the balance of power is you. You could override all those things in your head. And this, as a side thought, is why we renew our mind. That we're diligent, we work diligently to do this. Because we want our mind to line up with the Spirit, making choices changes then. The will. But even still, the will is a huge thing. And so, we see here, righteousness, self-control, the judgment to come. The will is being influenced. The Spirit, He knew the Holy Spirit would deal We need to realize and respect the dealings of the Spirit of God enough to choose to follow His leadings. Hallelujah. Even when your head goes, yeah, but what about this, this, and this? The will is powerful. It's how we determine and choose. And when we stand before the Lord... Will I should say this, when you stand before yourself and examine yourself, you'll recognize, wow, um, I do have a will. And I have a choice 
that's determined by it. So, but notice he recognized and so he shared. And like I said, the Holy Spirit works in line with certain things. There's certain things the Holy Spirit doesn't work with. If you just talk natural things and the things of the world, it's not my experience that you're going to sense God working. But when you start uh, talking about the things of God, you'll notice God will start working. Here's the fascinating thing about praise and worship. We endeavor to sing a song that is in line with the Word of God because then what happens? We sense God move. And there is a different presence because the Holy Spirit works in line with certain things. And so we should learn to cooperate with them. I mean, there's a lot of secular songs that are not bad, you know, words. They're just, you know, I love you, baby. Whatever, la, la, la. You know the song. And, um, and you know, you feel good. And, you know, woo, that was fun. But you don't experience God in it. You might experience your emotions in it because the Spirit of God doesn't move in everything. And it's not that some things are bad. I mean, I've watched Gilligan's Island before. Never sensed God moving. It's not bad. My opinion, it's decent. But there are things that God will move with. Now, I will say this. You could be watching anything, and God can speak through something and deal with you too. He can take it and pull something out, and you'll be like, ah, I know that's him. You with me? I say that because Paul knew cooperate. And he cooperated, and it said while he was sharing these things, it said Felix... Uh, was afraid. Why would you be afraid? He was convicted. And he answered, go away from me now. He, he, he didn't want to make a choice. But here's the thing. He was making a choice. When he said, go away from me. Leave me alone. I mean, think about it. He's the one who called. This dude's a prisoner. He starts sharing these things. And he says to him, you know, talks to him about righteousness, self-control, the judgment to come. Felix was gripped with fear. How? He was convicted. But he is the court system. He's the one who has locked this man up. Nobody locks him up. But Paul explains someday everybody who doesn't know Jesus and has not received his gift to make him in right standing will be locked up. And he was sensing conviction, but not human through the mind. This was a real gripping thing, and it made him afraid of a reality that had not been presented to him before. And he chose that day to reject. And said, no, 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 leave, leave me. Think of it. What if he would have just stayed for a while and said, speak on, even though he was afraid. And really that fear was a conviction of my eternity. I need to make this choice. 
I need to exercise my will and give my life to this Jesus. And instead of saying, speak on and allowing that conviction to continue, he said, leave, get, get, stop. Why? Stop hearing. Stop the conviction. I don't have to choose this. How many people in life are dealt with by God about things and they just get real noisy, real busy because they don't want to hear because his dealings are going, let's make a choice. Let's exercise our will. People have power over their will. And this is nothing new. We're going to see some stuff about the will uh, that will be very interesting in detail of how the will works. And it's fascinating because ultimately the choice, whether it seems good or not, is in our hands. In other words, something wrong can be presented to you as good. It's okay. Go ahead and do that. And what is it doing? It's trying to get you to yield your will. Here are some thoughts about this that we're reading. There's three ways primarily that the will is influenced. Demonic, fallen beings, influence thoughts, ideas, and suggestions. The second way the will is influenced is by personal, through our own thinking. Now you understand this, the enemy can put thoughts in people and they can repeat them. The next way the will is influenced is by God, through His Word, and by His Spirit. Those are the main ways that the will is influenced. Now obviously, you could go into detail, and we will about some of these, because some of them are extremely fascinating. And they'll make you introspective. They'll help you to understand why people do what they do. But the whole thing right here is this. There's, we live in a hostile environment. Our will is what is being battled for. Are you with me? We do. We live in a hostile environment. And this doesn't mean we should be afraid, but we should recognize. And the ultimate goal in this environment is to get you to yield your will and start making choices. It's interesting that even when people have made bad choices or maybe haven't done things right, and I'm talking believers now, God says this, by His mercy, not His wrath and His anger, He said start presenting your body to Him. What does it mean, present your body? Start making right choices. God has mercy. God will not just go, hi-ya, but it said by His mercy, start making right choices. And then He said, don't make wrong choices that will conform you to this way in life or the way of the world. And then he makes another statement right after in the second verse, but be transformed. 
God wants our lives to look bigger, brighter, and better tomorrow. As you progress forward, He wants you to tread through this life and exercise your will of choice the right way. So He said, don't be conformed to this world, but He said, be transformed. In other words, your life becomes revolutionized by the renewing of your mind, and it says right after, that you might prove out what's good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God. In other words, as I start working to change my thinking, it's going to help me to make wise choices as I go forward. This is why the will is so important. And God even said, don't just leave it up to the enemy. Don't leave it up to other people. You do something about your will as a believer. And you start being diligent to renew your mind and to begin to think different about things. Because he said, when you start approaching decisions, you'll know that's good. That's acceptable. Oh, that's right in line with God's will. I'm going to do that. But when your mind is not transformed or being renewed, then the transformation of life does not occur and we have an opportunity to make wrong choices and we'll say, well, that seems like it would be okay, but because I'm not being transformed by the renewing of my mind, I have uh, opportunities maybe to make some uh, bad choices. And bad choices mean my life is not being transformed from glory to glory. And that my life is not becoming brighter and brighter as the Lord would want it to be. But if I do that and tread forward, then these truths are going to be set in my mind. God's going to be dealing with me and enlightening me from the inside. My thinking is going to be being equipped with different processes. And when I come through life, path, which we're all on, I'm going to start processing the decisions of how I do things. And I'm going to start having uh, wisdom and, and knowledge to choose, which is an act of my will. And I'm going to be able to rightly go, that's not God's will. Uh, that won't bring transformation to me. That will cause me to go backwards in my life. I won't do that. It's a choice of your will and my will. And isn't it interesting that even the enemy knows this, so he'll want you to be so busy you can't read your own Bible. Because he wants you to not yield your will. And so he'll work on you to not will to read your Bible, to make a choice. Don't read your Bible. Don't change the way you think. You've been this way your whole life. And all he's wanting is you to choose with your will. And so he'll do that. But isn't it wild? Because the will is so powerful, you can override all that stuff. Amen? When you recognize the source, it's interesting how you can use your will. You ever seen some people, they pick on people, and then they'll tell you, well, I just got an anger problem. And really, they just let their will go. But if they get around some big tough guy, or some mean dude, 
all of a sudden it's amazing how they can have the power of will to choose to not pick on them anymore and to act right. People have power in their will. And a transformed life, a revolutionized life, that in the process of going forward with God is determined by your will. How you choose is an act of the will. But he said, you want your life to be revolutionized? Renew your mind. That's why Joshua said to the people in Joshua 1.8, what did he say? He said, meditate, begin to change the way you think. Throughout the day and throughout the night, start pondering a different way to think in line with His Word, He said. Ponder the Word day and night. He said, why? Then you will observe to do the things that are written in God's Word and in His will. He said, then you'll make your way prosperous. You could say this, your whole life will be transformed. And then you'll have good success. But how many times... Has the enemy known because we've been ignorant of his devices and said, well, you're just too busy to uh, do that. You're just so stuck in the mud. You, you, you can't change. Those are just lies, just flat lies. Why? So you won't choose what would be good for you. And you want a good life and a prosperous life? He gave us the instructions, every one of us transformed, blessed. Let me close with this verse right here. And we'll, like I said, we'll get into more detail about these things. And when we do and break them down, uh, they'll be very fascinating. Oh, fascinating. You understand God is all powerful. People will go to heaven. People will go to hell. But it will never be because God chose. If He's a loving God... Why does He send these people? He doesn't send them. If, if Felix did not ever accept, when he stands before the Lord, Felix is not going to say, why are you sending me? And his wife, Drusilla, why are you sending me? And, and God will show them their heart and show them how they chose and the process they went through and the battle that went on. And then they ultimately said, uh, leave, get out of here. I don't want to hear you anymore. And they'll see that day. Uh, I chose that. And it won't be, how come you're sending me here, God? They'll go, I see, I, I made the choice. I exercised my will. Here's a side thought as I read this verse. People need to hear the word, though, to be able to make the choice. People need to be invited so they can make the choice. I'm going to read this familiar verse. Uh, everybody okay? Uh, Joshua 24, 15, and then I'm going to re actually read uh, a number of, uh, of verses, or a little bit. 24, 15. It, but I'm going to read from the New International Version. It says, But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then that's the will, then choose for yourselves this day 
whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors or the, the gods your ancestors served beyond uh, the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. Isn't it interesting? God gets His minister up there and said, hey, listen up. There are false gods in the land you're living in and, and you have been around them all your life and the choice is yours. It's up to your will. What will you choose? But then this guy gets up and says, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Isn't it interesting? In a hostile environment, he said, we can choose to serve the Lord. Others are going to serve the gods of the land and serve the gods of this people and these other false things. But he said, you have a choice what you're going to do with your life. I'm going to read it again. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable. So he basically said, desire will influence the will. Desire should not be the ultimate motivating factor of the will. Because you can desire some wrong stuff that's outside of God's will. I better be careful how far I go. But it's interesting because when the Bible talks about temptation, it, it, the, the Greek literally means it's bait. It's bait. What do you do when you go fishing? You use the right bait because you got to get that fish to will to bite it. And if the bait is not right, the fish will will not to bite it unless it's just absolutely stupid. But if you want them to bite it, you've got to use the right bait. And it's interesting that, that God has bait The enemy has bait, and he calls temptation to, to make a wrong choice, bait. Literally, that's how it reads. But like I said, we won't get into that today. More than we have. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, that means they were desiring the wrong thing. He said, then choose for yourselves this day who you will serve. If you're not going to serve the Lord... You're going to serve something. And if you don't desire to serve the Lord, then you're going to be serving something, and it is your choice. Here's what's left. Whether the gods of the ancestors or your ancestors served. Yeah, but my parents, they're, they're this. Yeah. yeah, but I grew up this. And he said... The gods your ancestors served before uh, beyond the Euphrates, which is a river, or the gods of the Amorite. He said, listen, if you're not going to choose to serve the Lord, you're going to end up serving something, so it is going to be your choice who you serve. Because it's all a choice. And he said, and if you don't desire this, and you won't go this way, you will go some way, and you will choose something. And he said, in whose land you are living. So there's false gods there. He said, but as for me and my house, 
We're not serving that other stuff. We're going to do this. We will serve the Lord. Amen? And I'll tell you what, we need to recognize what a choice it is.